Friends, it is I, Michael Hunter, at ACCBR1 on Twitter. I thank you for joining me on a, well, it's probably going to be a Tuesday morning by the time you guys listen to this, but this is ACC Basketball Report, episode number 94, I think, 94, 95, I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, really cool show for you guys today. We're going we're gonna to lay off some of the social issues for a minute. Um, as much as I've enjoyed doing those those two shows, um I'm tired of it. Not tired of it. Those are two great shows, but it's, I mean, you know, I watch the news in the morning and it's right in your face. I get on Twitter, it's right in your face. You get on whatever website you want to be on, it's right in your face. And I'm experiencing a little bit of just, it's, it's tiresome. Not because of what these causes and these, in these protests kind of represent. Um, I, I think what, the, the base, the, you know, the, the core value of what people are trying to accomplish is a good thing. Um, I stand behind them fully. It's the other stuff that wears on me, like being anti-cop. You know, I can be pro-cop and still be pro-civil rights and, and believe in, in progressive issues, okay? That's, they're mutually exclusive. Um, I have a hard time with... Um, you know, people saying don't blanket statement a certain uh, a certain race of people, and then in the same breath say all cops are pigs and murderers. I, I have a problem with things like that. It wears on me. I try to separate myself from social media. I try to separate myself from from engaging. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let you do your thing as long as I can kind of get myself o- away from it and and you know just experience some other things other than that it seems to you know kind of overtake you and, and overwhelm you and um unfortunately i don't think that's that's a great thing for me or for anybody i don't think it's really all that healthy to be consumed with that much hatred which but again i'm not downplaying you know the cause i believe in the cause uh i just sometimes don't believe in the courses of action that are taken to get there but then again we ignored some of the more peaceful protests, and we criticized some of the more peaceful protests. I have said recently I was wrong about the Colin Kaepernick situation, and this is what happens when you ignore people and criticize people, is they escalate the situation, and you get what you have today. So, today, we're going to talk about something a little bit more joyful, something that has brought me happiness and joy in the past couple of weeks, because... You know, we didn't get March Madness, we didn't get the postseason, we didn't even get conference tournaments, we didn't get the high-end level of college basketball that we were all seeking and looking for. So what happened was, a young man named Eli Becker, who is a former intern for Mike DeCourcy at the Sporting News, and owner of HeatCheckCBB.com, decided that he would roll out a college basketball simulation game, which is basically played by you through... Um, you know, Google, Google Docs, Google Sheets, and your email account, and the thing is fucking incredible. I, I love it. I mean, it's it's not time consuming, but it's still entertaining. Um, it's very intricate for for what it is. Um, the the response from from the public and from the the people that are playing it is incredible. Sean Dillon set up a Discord chat room where each conference has their own chat room. There's a general chat room for just regular trash talk and bullshit. Um, There is a heat check sim, Ken Pomeroy. There's a heat check sim, John Rothstein, who (laughs) the John Rothstein account 
immediately registered himself, and the first thing he did was block Sean Dillon because he wanted it to be realistic. And John Rothstein has blocked Sean Dillon multiple times, which is fucking hilarious to me. So it's been a good time. Eli is a great guy, uh, a really nice young guy, really smart guy with a very bright future. Um, it was a pleasure for me to have him on. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Eli Becker of HeatCheckCBB.com. Mr. Becker. Hey, hey, Michael, how's it going? Good, how are you, man? Good, can you hear me okay? Um, yeah, you're coming in clear. All right, sounds good. Hey, uh, I guess, you know, I got uh, I got your interview pulled up here. I, I guess, real quick, I, I thought something interesting kind of came about today. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, we're be- and I'm, I'm live, by the way. But um, I, I thought the Goodman uh, suggestion about the ACC playing uh, the historical black colleges and universities... Um, mm-hmm. On Martin Luther King Day was an interesting take, and then I thought that uh, that Connor's take um, on what it would be like, basically for you know ACC teams to travel to those universities and and maybe lay mm-hmm. a whooping down wasn't the greatest look for for those for those programs. What were what do you think your thoughts are on that? Yeah, I I kind of I probably lean towards where Connor's coming at with that. I think it's. It's well. The first thing is it's kind of a cool thing to bring in the HBCUs and kind of give them exposure. But when it's just to generate some profit or some good PR for the ACC and then just drop like a forty-point win on some of those teams, I don't really know if that's the best look. I think I'd honestly, I think from my perspective, I'd be more curious about taking a look at like just MEAC versus SWAC because those are the two HBCUs and mm-hmm. and maybe trying to, again, it's hard to like market, I don't know, Texas Southern versus, I don't know, Savannah State or whatever. and But maybe putting that on national TV or putting that in maybe a bigger arena or something like that and try to market it that way. But when you just have a power conference just absolutely destroying another and then just trying to like hype, you know, just hype it up for the HBCUs. That would probably just come off kind of weird. I don't know what your, what your thoughts on that are. No, I agree. I, you know, I think it's interesting that you, you, you bring up uh, Texas Southern. Texas Southern is actually one of the schools that, you know, in recent years may have had an opportunity or actually Texas Southern. I'm th- I think I'm thinking of the wrong damn school. I don't really know those those. I know that Prairie View A and M has had a pretty good program uh-huh. lately. Um, I'm trying to pull up the uh, the MEAC and the SWAC right now. I think I thought I think I'm getting te- a couple teams confused here. Um, no, it is NC Texas Central's Southern. out of the MEAC. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking those. for some reason I was thinking Texas Southern was in like um, the same conference with Georgia State and Georgia Southern. Um, but no, like Texas Southern's actually had a roster in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, where they, they may be able to, you know, to compete. Unfortunately, you got, you know, Alabama State, Alabama A&M, Mississippi Valley State, teams like that, that, you know, out of the swack, just, I mean, that, that's not even really competition, I mean, as, as far as the ACC schools go. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that real quick before we actually got into the main part of this. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for those who don't know, Eli and I are both are both part of the Rockin' 25. Uh, me for a couple years now. Eli was there when I got there, so I don't know how long he's quite been with the organization. But, um, 
you know, we haven't, I don't think I've had you on the show before, but we've done, I believe we've done the Rockin' 25 before uh, at the same time. I guess, I, you know, to give people a bit of insight as to, as to who you are and what you're all about, um, go ahead, talk to me about, you know, your college basketball history, your fanhood, your interests, what's, uh, you know, you're a West Coast guy, so, so give us a little insight as to, as to kind of what winds your clock. Yeah, I'm definitely not in the the hotbed of college basketball. That's for sure. I I really enjoyed being out in North Carolina at Sporting News because that's where you know all the schools are at, and I'm, I know that you're familiar with that area, of course. But uh, I guess my interest in college basketball really started, honestly, I want to say around the time the Sonics left because that was kind of a turning point for me and in my sports fandom when the team that you grew up watching just leaves town and then you have to kind of pick yourself up and then see what what piques your interest so i would say probably around 2008 2009 is when i started embracing college basketball and that's the era of uh, i want to say like greg goat and tyler hansborough some of those guys when i really started to to get interest in it but i think there are so many aspects of college basketball that you don't see in other sports i, I guess the first one being you have so many teams, and that leads way to having all these new, unique personalities with the coaches. You have teams in every corner of the country, a bunch of different venues, and and of course, March Madness is something that uh, I, I always loved. My my dad would always come home from work, and he'd, he'd bring off or he would bring home a, a printed bracket, and I would try to <laughs> analyze all the teams with my my very fundamental knowledge of like points per game and things like that to try to understand how the whole bracket bracketing process worked and uh it's kind of taken off from there yeah i uh my my college basketball as far as the tournament goes my experiences go all the way back to you know watching the selection show on sunday and then i'd have to wait for the newspaper to come out on monday morning and mm -hmm. my mom owned her own business so she had like an office set up in the back of the house and i would go and find the newspaper at you know six thirty, seven o'clock on that monday morning before school and take a pair of scissors and cut out the bracket and use my mom's copier to make copies of the brackets to take to school. Of course, you know, the old man wakes up at 8, 8.30 and goes to read the newspaper and the sports section's all hacked to hell. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's that's kind of where I come from. You, you know, you mentioned, and I didn't put this in the agenda because I didn't really think of it till now, um, realizing that you're in Seattle, um, you have, you know, your the name of your website is Heat Check. What is... What's the, the current temperature in the city of Seattle right now? I was just looking. I actually wasn't aware of this. This is how little I, I often pay attention to, to some of the stuff that's going on. But uh, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast earlier today. He's talking to Bill Burr. And I was made aware of this six-block amnesty Antifa situation that they have going on where they took over City Hall and all that stuff. What's what, what's going on in Seattle right now? Yeah, it's uh, boy, it's a, it's a tough situation. And I... It's, it's tough for me, too, because I am a person who really likes to have, you know, that, that city pride. And I, I don't necessarily root for the Seattle teams necessarily, but just being proud of where I'm from and kind of seeing some of the things that have transpired lately is is obviously tough to see. And just hope that everyone's safe and, and everything can return to normalcy as quick as possible. But, um, yeah, I've been in Seattle area, the greater Seattle area all my life, except for the past four or five months that I was out in Charlotte and it's, it's been really interesting to see, I guess, between the two cities are both, you know, roughly the same size and kind mm -hmm. of seeing the, the similarities and differences. And 
uh, it comes with the people, it comes with the food, uh, the weather is something that I had to adjust to a ton because <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely, I, I kind of, I phrase, I guess I'm absolutely fitting the Pacific Northwest brand where like anything over 65 degrees and even a, a smidge of humidity is just too much for me. So being down in Charlotte, when I arrived in August and it's like 95 with 80% humidity, it's like, I don't, I don't know if I can survive out here, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely a Pacific Northwest guy and that that comes in kind of an interesting territory for covering college basketball. I think a lot of people who don't know that I'm from Seattle think I'm down in Mountain West territory, and I've just been kind of able to make that work virtually and, and popping down to Vegas and those, those types of spots to cover the Mountain West, but but definitely a, a Seattle guy through and through. Yeah, I'm originally from Maine, um, and I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, my wheelhouse as far as temperature is – you know, 50 to, you know, actually probably even 40 to like 40 to 60. And to go from, to go from that and, you know, pretty, pretty tame, uh, falls and springs to basically a summer in the, you know, mid eighties to mid nineties from early May till late October is something that I have just never gotten used to. It was even worse when I was actually in Wilmington. Mm -hmm. I'm in the Raleigh area now, but Wilmington is actually absolutely just sweltering. It, it's, it's a whole different animal. I can't imagine being in Florida where it's even worse. A lot of people from Maine go to Florida and then have to migrate back north to the Virginia, North Carolina area just to kind of find a happy medium. Um, you, you mentioned the Mountain West. You actually worked for uh, Mountain West Wire for a time, um, and then you started your own your own website with Heat Check. Did you actually run though, or did you actually work there and run Heat Check concurrently, or were you done at Mountain West Wire when you started Heat Check? Yeah, I I think there was probably maybe four or five months of overlap because I had started Heat Check originally. I want to say this was the seventeen eighteen college basketball season. I had it just uh, while I was still covering the Mountain West. I I wanted my own just little blog thing to put on, uh, just some more national type research based articles. It wasn't anything too crazy, so I just kind of had that there for like I said, about a full season, and then I, that went by the wayside, I, and then I uh, really focused on the Mountain West content and then um, Sporting News and then Heat Check. So um, that was the only crossover, and it, was, it wasn't it was really that much content in between uh, while I was doing the Mountain West stuff, but, but before that, it was just all Mountain West. So what, what actually inspired you to kind of expand from the Mountain West? Because Heat Check now covers basically the entire country. Um, you know, what kind of inspired you to go out on your own and, and do your own thing and try to try to grow that site? Yeah, I think, well, I think the first thing that was really important for me, I, I think the best decision I made, well, even though it wasn't technically my decision, I, I, I guess the bit of the backstory here is that I was, uh, once I was finished with high school, I was just looking for any outlet to write about college basketball. And it just so happened that uh, Jeremy Moss replied to uh, an email that I sent out to him about contributing to MWC Connection, which is part of SB Nation's family. Mm -hmm. And he was the only person that replied to me. Uh, and I spent that entire night just researching as much Mount West stuff as I could because I, I knew nothing about the conference. And uh, I could probably name like maybe San Diego State and UNLV, and that's about it. Uh, so that just became kind of my baby, so to speak. And I, I just, uh, 
have held that conference close to my heart ever since. But I think starting with the Mountain West was really good for me because it's not like an ACC or a Big Ten where you're a small fish in a big pond. Right. And I think the Mountain West is a really good balance because it is a respectable league. You have some really good teams like San Diego State was this past year, and you have some, some big brands like UNLV and Nevada. But it isn't that power conference brand where you're again you're just kind of a small guy trying to to make your cut so that was really big for me to try to understand you know all the ins and outs of what it is like covering a team in a conference and uh, i've gotten to the point now where i'm feeling more comfortable about my abilities and my knowledge outside of just the mountain west where i, I can bring in other guys or i can go out and, and try to either research things on my own or try to put my own spin on what I think is going on, not just in the Mountain West, but also on the national scale as well. You were, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times um, where, where you spent some time in Charlotte recently. For those who don't know, you know, you were an intern at the Sporting News under, um, you know, the great Mike DeCourcy. Uh, what what did that experience teach you and, and what were you able to, to kind of glean from Mike? I know that, you know, in, in, some other conversations that you and I have had offline that you said that his, the way that he edits material was something of an eye opener for you. Um, can you explain that and kind of what else you may have learned from him or picked up from him? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Mike's a legend in his own right. He's, he's like the, the LeBron or whoever you want to, whoever you want to draw that comparison to of the college basketball media landscape. And I think the thing that impressed me most about Mike and his character is, I, I don't, whether he did or not, having a, a person like myself, a young intern who's just fresh out of college coming to Sporty News and and just with an eager mind, I think his his willingness to, to reach out and just ask me if I needed anything or the countless times that uh, he counted me in to do a rankings or like a, a preseason uh, media ballot, things like that. I think that really speaks volumes because that's, I mean, you know this as well as I do. Uh, people just aren't always willing to do that. And like right. whether you have a, a blue check mark next to your name or you have 50, 100,000 followers or whatever that, whatever that case may be, um, not everyone's willing to do that. So I appreciate Mike so much for that. And he's just a fantastic calmness and, and just a, a really fun guy to talk college hoops with. And um, that was really cool for me trying to understand uh, the, as much as I could of how he operates and how he tries to approach different topics, I, I think was really cool. But um, just his uh, his humble approach and just his willingness to include me on things that uh, that I might not have experienced with, or he just went with his gut. And that's something that I, I really appreciate and something that uh, not everyone is willing to do. So that was really cool of him. Were you guys ever, or you know, for your benefit, were you ever actually able to? kind of sit down in like a casual setting and kind of pick his brain or was most of your interaction on the professional level yeah it, i mean it was mostly through our, our work channels and and through that and there were there were a few instances like where he was at games and things like that and we were able to to message back and forth about what was going on or or some of our uh some of our ideology and, and things like that so so that was definitely fun uh and and we'll definitely keep that going but um, I, I guess from the sporting news sense, it was mostly from the workplace perspective, I, I'd say, and, and just kind of uh, a little sidebar chat here and there. 
So you've kind of, you know, with your expansion of Heat Check that we've kind of spoken about briefly, you've kind of made some waves in our, our little corner of the uh, of the Twitterverse lately by adding, you know, a quartet of quality contributors to Heat Check, including uh, former Bustin Brackets editor uh, Lucas Harkins, uh, Bustin Brackets podcaster Brian Ralph, as well as his partner Connor Hope, and as well as uh, uh, Blue Ribbon contributor Blake Lavelle, who covers the uh, the SEC pretty pretty prominently you know it's a huge move for you a huge move for your brand uh what that what brought that about and and how easy is your life now with with such high level contributors yeah i mean it's it's definitely easier than it was four weeks ago i'll, I'll tell you that much um these they're, they're so awesome i i think the number one thing that that i had in mind when i was bringing them in is just letting them just turn loose and do what they did best and that's pretty much what my pitch to them, to each of them was, is that I trust their work. I, I respect their their personality and what they bring to the table. And I want them to just have the freedom to do what they do best. And uh, like Blake, I know he does a fantastic job with ACC and SEC country. He's already put out a number of posts uh, on Wake Forest and Arkansas and things like that. Um, and Connor covering the West Coast and Brian National Guy and uh, Lucas over in the Midwest country. I think it covers a lot of the aspects of what you like to see from not only the geographical side of college basketball, but also what they do individually. Uh, Blake does a lot of interviews with coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor does fantastic job with the West Coast, stu- uh, West Coast stuff. Lucas is a fantastic bracketologist and Brian just is a content machine from a national scale. So I think it covers a lot of the aspects of what people generally like to see from just good college basketball coverage. And uh, my decision to bring them in was, was definitely based, I I guess, from the perspective of like, not everyone, (laughs) not a lot of people want to hear just what I have to say and, and whether that's, uh, just my style of writing or just the perspective I, I have. Uh, a lot of people want to read what other people have to say. Uh, so that was another thing. And then I think just trying to round off the coverage so you have the just the different boxes checked of recruiting and bracketology and interviews and, and all that type of good stuff that people like to read. So I'm really optimistic and I'm, I'm really happy to have these guys on board. They're They're so easy to just interact with from just a content production perspective and just fun to talk talk college basketball with any uh any any future plans to expand further as far as podcast networks or expanding into other avenues anything like that i i mean i definitely want to keep an open mind with just about everything that is done with t-check and i think whether that's i mean i could wake up tomorrow and and want to just like kind of change the avenue of what we have going on uh whether that's expanding into podcast or video or or maybe more of like a a magazine type preview thing Uh, i definitely want to keep all the options on the table and that's just from a perspective of like what do i myself want to read or or what do i want to see when i log in to my computer or when i log into twitter every Mm -hmm. day so and that's, and that's kind of what my base is for just about everything I do is that like, if I see something that piques my interest or I get an idea of something that maybe hasn't yet been created that I want to see, that's really what kind of sparks the ideas of the things that I want to do. And 
Um, that's just my perspective, and there are obviously other ways to go about it. But um, I'm just trying to trying to stay as creative as I can, especially during during times like this where we sure. have all the free time in the world, and I'm just trying to you know embrace that idea as much as I can. I know it's only been you know a couple of weeks since you brought all these guys together, and I know that uh, I know I've seen multiple pieces come out from. Uh, from Blake and from Brian, um, if Connor has produced more than one piece yet, I may not have seen them all. But I know uh, Lucas has done some bracketology as well. Have you seen, you know, the desired uh, impact that you that you would have hoped for on the site as far as clicks and visits and things of that nature? Yeah, definitely. I've I've been I've been pretty blown away from that perspective, and uh, I think that really speaks volumes because of where we're at. Just on a day-to-day basis with COVID-19 going on and the college of basketball off season, just as a whole, it can be really tough to, you know, try to bring people on board and try to engage with people, especially when you don't even have something like a hard NBA draft deadline to figure out like when players are leaving and and returning that that's another thing that we've definitely kept in mind. But I have seen growth in our numbers and that's awesome to see. And even just from when, each of the guys announced that they're joining heat check and, and seeing that uh, I, I think that the really cool thing is seeing people who have said that they'll either now read heat check because of say Blake or for, or because of Connor, or um, they also come from the perspective of like, Oh, I was, I was already reading this website. So now I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraged to read it because um, they have this particular writer. So, so that's been really cool to see. And, even if it doesn't always show up in numbers, I feel confident in the direction of the website just based on based on who's reading it and, and based on the people who I have on my team. That That's really what excites me, and I, I think that's a, a bright future ahead. Nice. So this was I'm, – I can't remember the timeline when you, when you kind of brought this to the Rockin' 25 group, but you had kind of a sample of this <clears throat> interesting – and kind of confusing for me because I'm paying attention about half the time to what I need to be paying attention to. Um, this idea of a simulation. Um, and we were kind of dealing with it, you know, when, when the tournament was going away, I believe, and you kind of presented it to us and, and we did kind of a small presentation on it and, and it can kind of sample that. I didn't realize what you were actually moving towards but a few weeks ago, you roll out this huge project in the form of a college basketball simulation that's to be played in the offseason by fans that control every single Division I school. Um, and, I, you know, I didn't actually grasp the whole concept when you first brought it up. Um, but I, I have so many questions. I guess the first of all is where did this idea come from? How did this originate? And, and why did you make the attempt knowing it was such a huge project. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you don't mind me backtracking like 10, 15 years, I think that's probably where this whole idea started. Um, I think what, when I was really starting to get into sports, the, it's <laughs> it's extremely nerdy stuff, so bear with me on this no, one. No, for, for absolutely. But, yeah, uh, so what I would do is I would go to like a Walgreens or a CVS and I would, buy these spiral notebooks that you would have, you know, just that you would have in high school or whatever. And I would just fill it up just, just with my pencil or pen. I just fill it up with all sorts of rosters and player names and scores and stats. And I just would expand and expand and expand and just make it 
as detailed as possible um, for several sports. I did it for um, NFL for a long time, MLB, and then I, I did a couple of seasons with college basketball. And it started off very simple. Uh, it would just be me just making up scores and player names and things like that. And then as time went along, I, I tried to add more detail and tried to take my, I guess, control, so to speak, out of it to make it more of like a simulation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I guess fast forward to this past month, uh, I had I had spent some time in Charlotte during my off days or off hours from sporting news just creating my own little uh, college basketball game, quite similar to what we all have now. And just as a, a way to pass time and, and just kind of, you know, just just do something off work that wasn't work related. And so I made this college basketball simulation, which includes, and it was each of the 352 teams at the time, and it would have uh player names generated it would have uh, ratings generated and all dif- all different sorts of things that uh, make up the details of a college basketball season and i think it was it's probably four weeks ago now so this was probably mid-may um, in the thick of things with covid and and just trying to explore different avenues of bringing people to heat check and bringing awareness to the site i thought that well, I have this base for a college basketball simulation. No one else has anything going on in terms of sports or sports viewing. So I just kind of got the idea and started to plan out what it would look like if I were to allow people to actually control these teams. So uh, the the main hurdle for me wasn't creating the game itself and, and kind of the things that you see with ratings and player names and things like that. Um, that was already completed well before this all started. The main thing for me was trying to figure out how to make it work with 352 people, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't anticipate at all, uh, and just figuring out how to make that experience as good for you or, or as good for me and as simplistic as possible. How how long, once you actually decided to create the simulation, did, did you write the program yourself? or or, or And how long did it take you to actually... Because I'm... I'm that borderline age. I'm, I'm 37, so I'm like that age where I I was out of school and, and into other things by the time like computer programming and code writing and things like that became, you know, a, a viable option as far as, you know, what we're going to be doing 10, 15 years down the road. So I have absolutely no idea how to write code or anything like that. So it's it's all kind of foreign language to me. But when you actually decided to sit down, how long did it actually take you to build the program? Uh, I mean... I don't know. It would be hard to say what the hours hours was on it. The The main thing for me was just kind of trial and error with figuring out what things look like from your perspective. So uh, say you click on an email to see that you have a new form to complete. How do I make it so that, it, that it's as easy for you to fill out as possible? And to, I mean, to be honest, I've made more work for myself because of my lack of knowledge in the areas of HTML and R and Python, all of those. If I had that knowledge, I'd be able to, to code this into a website and really make it pretty easy for people to use. But I'm just kind of using the tools and the knowledge that I have just through, mostly through Excel and then just through Google Forms to, to try to make this whole thing work. So I think I feel like I've, I've just about maxed out the, the abilities of Google Forms and Excel and things like this because those 
those uh, tools really weren't built for something like a, a simulation involving all these people. Um, but had had I have uh, or have I had uh, just HTML or or some of those types of knowledge at my disposal, it would have been a lot easier. But I'm just uh, I'm dealing with what I have here and, and hopefully making it it work as good as possible so people can enjoy the game as much as possible. What has been uh, what what kind of feedback have you received? What's been the response since you kind of rolled out this project? Well, I mean, it's this is nothing like I anticipated at all. If I'm being completely honest with you, I thought it was going to be yourself, myself, and a few <laughs> of the Rockin' 25 guys just playing this and messing around for a couple weeks. Uh, I think, I want to say it was about 40 hours to fill up each of the 352 teams, and I was completely blown away by that. I wasn't anticipating it at all. Uh, there was a there was a point where I asked my mom if she wanted to join shortly before, and she's like, "Oh, we'll we'll just see what happens, and uh, if you don't fill up all the teams, and I'll join." And and that's exactly what happened. Um, and I feel like it's it's lived up to people's expectations so far, or at least I hope. But um, I feel from just the response rate of of each of the teams, the response rate has been really good. I think. It's somewhere around 95, 96% of, of each of the 352 users have responded to each of the cycles. So I'm really pleased with that. And I, I think people are really enjoying it. It's It's been fun to see some of these spinoff accounts that have been made of uh, the different <laughs> heat check sim coaches. I I could not have guessed that would have been the response for even a second. So, um, it, I mean, my, my initial goal heading into this whole thing was just to create some more awareness for heat check and just maybe create a bit of a distraction for some people who needed it in their lives right now. And I feel like both of those boxes have been checked. So, so I'm definitely pleased. I am I've been blown away by it. It was not at all what I anticipated when we all, you know, said, yeah, absolutely. Sign me up. Um, I, I think that again, my, I, I don't always catch all the conversation in the rock and 25 chat room. So, uh, sometimes I, I'm just kind of behind, <clears throat> But I, for those of you guys who, who may not be participating, basically we get a form um, <laughs> every, every few days as far as media questions, uh, who we want to recruit, um, what pace of play, how, how filthy or absolutely clean we want our program to run, things of that nature to actually set up our, our own particular program. Uh, myself, I'm running the Georgia Tech program. And what did you, you tweeted out something. We get the forms at 11.59 at night. So it's basically, they, they, they're sent out at midnight. And you tweeted out something the other day that you had 70 responses in like the first eight minutes or something like that. What was what was that stat that you tweeted out, Eli? Yeah, Dan, it's, it's nuts. I think, yeah, it was something like that. It was, I think the first, you know, it must have been the second recruiting period. Uh, there were something like 70 email confirmations within the first 10 minutes of it opening it's it's just crazy and the other thing that's hilarious is i can see the number of viewers on the google sheets where all of the the league-wide info is mm -hmm. and as like, like today for an example i put in the second recruiting period commits and within like 30 45 seconds i see the number of viewers on the google sheet start to spike so it's it's 10 and then it's 15 and then it's up to 25 and 30 so that, i mean that's the whole thing is just hilarious to me i get a get a kick out of this and it's been really fun to see everyone's interaction and, and even from coach to coach talking about 
you know, scheduling exhibition games or issuing press conferences or talking about the following season. So I've just kind of, I just kind of embraced all of that and, and just creating this uh, alternate universe, if you want to call it that, uh, of just, just kind of this mindless fun that we can all enjoy together. Yeah. I was, yeah. Speaking of the recruiting, the most recent recruiting period, uh, looking for a little help on the third and final recruiting <laughs> period because things have not gone well for Michael in the recruiting sector. Um, of course, if, for those of you guys who don't know, Eli, what team are you running? I'm running Charlotte. You are running Charlotte? Okay. Um, I uh, I am running, like I said, the Georgia Tech uh, program, and I did. I am one of those lunatics that created a, a burner account for my heat check simulation. I am heat check sim Posh Jasner on, uh, on <laughs> Twitter and try to remain positive through every which way possible in in uh, true form for our coach Josh Pastner. So when you're when you is this only something <laughs> I don't know how to how to quite phrase this. Is this something that you guys that you bring up in casual conversation? Is it something that that you're proud about that you bring up to people that you work with in your everyday life or is it something that you kind of keep segregated from, you know, keep on your the Twitterverse persona or is it something that comes up often with you? No, I mean it's it's fun. I don't I don't really have any reason to hide it. I think it's it's kind of I mean first of all it's kind of silly and just it kind of shows the type of I don't know if you want to call it interest or or just fandom that I have of college basketball as a whole. I think the people who I've told weren't, weren't even surprised for a second that I was doing something <laughs> like this. They they kind of gauge that that's that's something that I've kind of had interest in for a long time. But no, it's it's fun, and I think. There are, I mean, there are a lot of people right now, and uh, to each their own. You're, you're free to do whatever you want during this time, but I want to create something or, or look back at this whole quarantine time and, and be proud of something that I accomplished. And uh, whether that is this sim and getting all these people interested in it or, or bringing some of the guys on board with Heat Check, I can look back in this period and, and feel accomplished of, of what I did during this time as opposed to you know, just watching Netflix or playing video games all night. So, yeah, it's it's definitely been fun, and just seeing the interactions and just some of the silly stuff that have, that have come up, it's it's made my day all these past few weeks. So, it's been really cool to see. Absolutely, man. I, I think it's been a it's been a great distraction um, for for all of us. And I think you know when it comes down to it, we're all just a bunch of nerds anyway. Like. Yep. You know, we're just a bunch of college basketball geeks. You know, I spend more time on sports reference than I would ever care to admit in public and just just looking up shit that doesn't even matter. But uh, yep. you know, that I may be able to bring up in a in a trivia type setting at some point. But this like I you know, I thought I was a little bit too dedicated when it was you know, my email and that form are the first things that I'm doing when my alarm goes off at like 4.30 in the morning. And I look and like there's already been like a hundred dudes that are on there already filling out their forms. And I'm like, wow, man, I'm I'm not even in, you know, the top 33%. What's going on here? Uh, I guess uh, I, I was talking to Sean Dillon, who is, uh, you know, as you guys know, the architect of the Rockin' 25. Uh, he called me the other day. We were just kind of shooting the shit a little bit. And I guess one of the questions that came up that I wanted to ask you tonight is with the response that you've received and, and the positive you know reaction that the public has had with the simulation, why is it free? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, I had, I had zero idea that it was going to get to this extent. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first time someone mentioned to me on Twitter, 
about a wait list for for season one. I just about like I just cracked up laughing because I didn't even think that could be even a remote possibility. But uh, I think the first thing for me about that is that again going back to to one of my earlier responses to you is that I just wanted this to create some awareness for heat check, get some people interested in that, maybe get some get some followers out of the deal, and again just kind of create a distraction for some people. Um, now it's at the point where, as you mentioned, it's, it is a lot of people who are on board, who are interested in it with, um, all 352 users, all of these, uh, burner accounts and things like that. A lot of people who have reached out to me as well, um, with like different formulas and different add-ons that they could bring to the game. So, I mean, it's whether, whether it's free or not, and that's something that I guess I've given a little bit of thought, but. There are obviously so many layers to that that I, I definitely don't want to give a definitive answer either way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's something that has come to mind. Um, but again, the the main interest in this for me was to just create something fun for people. It was never uh, a play to, to try to get money out of people. And and I, I've said it from the start, like if, if the people who are on the heat checks in, if they have interest in... Um, not only the sim, but also quality college basketball content. I'll always encourage them to be a subscriber to the Heat Check Substack account where you have uh, the five of us producing good articles. And, and that's been, at least so far, my route of paying it forward if, if you so choose for what's been created for the Heat Check sim. I think if you want to get on board and, and read some really good content, that's that's where I would direct you right now. But as far as free or, or paid for the future, I like I honestly have have no idea at this point. Um, it's something that I've thought about a little bit, but for the time being, if people want to show support and get something back in return, then uh, subscribing to the the Heat Check Substack account is definitely where I would lead them to. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I wonder if there was any, there would be any way to. I mean, I'm sure there is because I, I work through WordPress as well. I believe that's who you run the Heat Check through. Um, <laughs> You know, as far as just uh, an uptick in traffic, if there's any way to tie the sim to the actual site to actually uptick your traffic, and then you could just make, you know, you could monetize the site through ads or advertisers or sponsors or whoever, and then you actually wouldn't have to char- charge a sponsorship fee. That's what some some people do with their podcasts, et cetera, that, mm-hmm. that provide free content. Um, as far as the future goes... You know, how long is the sim? Is there any any feedback that you've received that you you may you know look to add to the sim? I don't know that now that it's live if it's kind of self sustaining or if you're still having to to monitor it and kind of baby it a little bit or you know what is what does the future look like for the simulation? Yeah, I, I mean that's another thing that I've I've had an idea of internally and. It's. I mean, I've never gotten to the point where like, okay, we're gonna do five seasons and then cut it off. Like that's that's not something that has ever come to mind. It's it just has kind of taken a life of its own, and I think it all just comes down to what the interest is like. Say for next season or for if there's a season after that, all of that. If if there's still, I mean, if there's still 352 people on board, then and I'm willing to do it, then I I say we should just keep the show running. Um, but I don't have. I don't have a target date or a target number of seasons that I want to do. And I mean, maybe it turns into a thing where we just do during the college basketball off season and, and we just bring it back in mid April every year and do that until late October. And maybe that's just what it is. But um, I think 
so long as the interest is there and so long as I have the personal time and the willingness to do it on my end, um, because it does, it, it, although a lot of this is generated, it still does take a considerable amount of time to create the forms every few days and, and operate all that. Um, but so long as those couple of boxes are checked, I'm absolutely happy with, with keeping this thing going and, and hopefully everyone else is as well. So I'll be curious to see how many people opt to return for the second season. I have a good feeling that it'll be most people based on the, based on the recruiting interests and the forms and things like that. But, um, so long as everyone else is interested and, and I have the time to do it, then I definitely want to keep this thing going. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I think that, uh, it would be weird for everybody to put as much time and effort in, into the recruiting situation as, as people have. Just me today going down through like offers and commits and things like that, it seems like everybody's really engaged. Um, so I think that the expectation for season two should be high. Um, I know that I, I'm, I'm psyched just to run season to season and try to build build my program again, you know. It's just a, it's something cool to do in the off season, and you know, if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, anything like that, absolutely shoot me a text. Let me know. I'll help out in any way I can. Um, although, like I said, my computer programming skills and things like that aren't uh, aren't really up to par. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Eli, I, I I truly appreciate everything you've done in the off season. It's been a tremendous distraction. Um, I think what you intended to create is exactly what you have created. I uh, certainly appreciate it. And go ahead, let everybody know where we can find you. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the Substack subscription. Um, you mentioned the the simulation. You know, as far as the waitlist goes, where people need to go to get on that waitlist if they're interested. Just uh, kind of fill people in on on everything that you're kind of doing right now. Yeah, well, I mean, the first I appreciate you lending your hand, and um, I, I think the first and foremost, if everyone else has, if anyone has tips for me myself of how i can run my team because i've been awful so far i think <laughs> i've got like a i think i have the 80th or 90th ranked roster and i'm somewhere around 290 in the rankings i've missed on every single offer in the recruiting that i've had so if anyone has tips on how i can run my own game that's absolutely appreciated but um <laughs> if uh if you have interest uh, in joining the joining the wait list of joining season two uh, you can head over to heatcheckcbb.com slash sim and you'll see um, the, the link for the wait list which will put you right on there and it's all in chronological order so I'll, I'll be sending you an email if you're the next in line and if you want to take a look at what's going on with the current season that's also linked on there as well as the instruction manual to try to, to give you an idea of what there is to expect if you were to, to sign up and, and join through the wait list uh, I guess besides that, uh, if you are so willing to uh, become a subscriber, you can be either free or premium. Premium is five ninety nine a month, and uh, you get all sorts of content from the five of us writers on a daily basis, doing all uh, doing all that good stuff. If you want to be uh, a free subscriber, that's great too, and that's all on heatcheckcbb.substack.com. And I, I think that's about it. And everyone who's um, interested in the heat checks, I, I definitely appreciate all of the overwhelming support of it so far. And it, it's been a really fun ride. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us tonight. And uh, hopefully uh, things pick up for you better in the uh, third recruiting cycle. <laughs> I appreciate that, Michael. Thanks so much, man. All right, man. Have a good night.
You too. Thanks. That was Eli Becker, uh, creator, founder of HeatCheckCBB.com. Um, I mean, if you can't tell, young kid, bright future, super nice guy. Um, you know, one of the one of the nicer guys I've met since since starting ACCBR, since starting the Rockin' Twenty Five. Um, fantastic young kid, obviously a smart young kid. This this simulation, guys, I can't explain to you how absolutely cool it is. And it's, it's also very simplistic. It's, you know, you fill out a short survey before, um, before the season starts as far as how clean you want your program to be um, on a scale of one to five, three being neutral, one being filthy, five being um, Georgia Tech. Then, and then you, you do pace. I, I, my team is, he has a program that auto-generates names, um, talent, uh, Juco star rating systems, where they're from, geogra- uh, geography. Uh, there's a transfer list. Uh, players are rated in loyalty. It is absolutely incredible what this guy has has accomplished and what he's put out there. And if you guys are interested, absolutely go to the to the the website he provided, heatcheckcbb.com. Get on that wait list. Um, I expect season two to be, you know, to experience a high carryover from season one. I think there was only a few teams recently that um, that, uh, that experienced new managers. Blake Lavelle actually got into Stephen F. Austin recently because that owner kind of flaked out. But, I mean, he, he's even tied in as filthy as you want. If, say, you want to run your program at a one, which is the, you know, the dirtiest, which is high, low, let's say low integrity, high level of filth, okay? Duke, for instance. If you want to run your program like that, there is a probability that you're going to get hit with NCAA sanctions, which are built into this. I believe seven teams have already been hit with sanctions and will be banned from the postseason play. So, I mean, it's 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 really cool. You guys really should check it out if you're if you're a hardcore college basketball fan. It's it's something to do in the off season, to, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it's also very entertaining. So, you know, there's a there is a group on Discord that has. That's basically open to everybody that has a team. Sean Dillon runs that chat room for Eli, I believe. And, I mean, there is a heat check sim Ken Pomeroy. There's a heat check sim John Rothstein. This thing is is going to be huge. It's already, like Eli said, bigger than he ever anticipated. And I, I think it's absolutely incredible. So get on over there. Uh, get on the wait list if you guys are interested and join us. It's just, it's a good, clean, fun time. Um Again, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. Don't forget to like, rate, review, share the podcast. Get on Apple Podcasts, rate it favorably. Leave me a message as far as what we can do better or what you enjoy or any guests that you would like to see us chase down. Um, You know, I got Jaron Anderson coming on next weekend. Yes, next weekend. Um, So really looking forward to that. Jaron is a return uh, a return guest who is, he's a scout, he's a videographer, um, he travels to all these AAU, pro, uh, AAU tournaments and, and does scouting for, you know, even, you know, high-end D1 schools. So, um, always a good time, and Jaron's an excitable guy, which put us two in the room, it's going to be very interesting, I can't wait for that. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show, I will see you next week, later!